Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here and welcome to episode 201 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to go on the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being with us this week and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Now in this week's episode we are chatting with a young ripper from Ross Trevor called Niall Clergan. We chat to Niall about his mountain bike background, how he got into racing, his first World Cup experience, which involved, unfortunately, getting his bike stolen. I'm not going to let you know if it's a happy ending or not. You'll just have to listen to the podcast to find that one out. I'm very cruel, I know. We chat to him about how he enjoyed a month on the road attending races with his father, something he had planned for a couple of years, but because of COVID and stuff, you know, he couldn't do it last year. So we chat to him about that, how he enjoys that bigger stage, etc. We also chat to him about how he got funded by the Dirt Fund Project. And now we've done... A number of episodes featuring the Dirt Fun Project from Dan, the founder himself, to everybody, all the competitors, all the racers that have got funded by that project. It's really, really good stuff. You need to go and check that out. So we chat about that and we chat about basically why he wants to turn this racing thing into his full-time career and how he's so passionate about doing that, plus lots, lots more. So without further ado, let's welcome Niall to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Hi Niall, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. How's things with you this morning? Yeah, all good, Gareth. I um, just want to say a big thanks for you having me on the show. My first hour podcast, so a bit nervous, but it'll be alright. <laughs> I'll be 100%, dude, I'll be 100%. It's great to get you on, to be honest. I want to chat to you about a number of things, because you're only 17 years old, but yet you're putting things into motion here. You were away for a month racing in Europe and stuff, but I want to chat to you about that. But first, right, you got your bike stolen at Leo Gang. Yeah. Like, that's your first ever World Cup and you get your bike necked. Like, how did that feel, man? Um, didn't feel good. <laughs> but uh, it was a bit of a mad story, yeah. Um, so I finished up, like, watching the World Cup and um, the XC was the next day. So we're just sort of cruising about and like killing time until we went to the next race. And I end up, you had, a, you couldn't go up with your bike to the cafe, so you had to leave it down below at the steps. I left my bike at the steps and then went to the cafe. Literally five minutes later, back bike on, and me and Dad were freaking out. So I spent <sighs> the next like two hours, absolute panic stations, running around Leo Gang like headless chickens. But um, yeah, we then went to the police station, Leo Gang and sort of filed a report and all that there and then no sign of it and we're sort of feeling a bit down you know like <laughs> going over to the big races spend all the money to get your bike nicked like yeah but um it turns out then uh five days later when we even we were moved on from leo gang to innisbrook and crankworks uh woke up to a phone call from the police we we'll found your bike <laughs> which is a bit wow. mad yeah super grateful to be fair yeah, so like, when you have to leave your bike at the bottom of the cafe, is there loads of bikes sitting there or what? Yeah, that's that's the thing that we're I mean, used about. There's, but like, with the the World Cup being so strict uh, these days with COVID, 
you had to have a pass to get into everywhere, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Just because they weren't allowing just uh, randomers in, you know what I mean? Wow. So, like, everyone sort of in that area was sort of tested and all, like, sort of, amazingly, all racers are part of the team. So we came back and we're like, what? It was a bit mad, but as long yeah. as you get back, that's the main deal. Like. Yeah, like, it's and, a happy ending story because you never see, hear boys getting bikes back. Yeah, never mind here and in a foreign country. Like, that's the biggest surprise. But yeah. it's, and then that day I had a good drive back to Leo Gang, which is two hour drive turn back before I rushed into track walk that night. <laughs> oh man, oh man. So what about Leo Gang? Had you all your runs done or did you have to get a land a bike or what happened? Yeah, no, it was my enduro bike. So uh, it was the downhill World Cup, so it all worked out all right. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, and then when I was doing the, <laughs> I entered the dual slalom and crankworks and I for sure thought I wasn't going to be able to get it, get it done, but. Uh, so all good to get back back then. Uh, you got it back and you were able to compete there yeah happy days man happy days that's crazy like because you know it's your first experience there and that happens it's bound to put a bit of a sour taste in your mouth but here it was a happy ending story at the end of the day so what was so different about your bike that yours got nicked and nobody else's <laughs> I want to know myself <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was maybe it was maybe your mates playing a joke or something on you, right? <laughs> Hopefully not. But at the, then I find that there's like a sort of a way, uh, you know, like a sort of like towpath up along the river. Right. And the river, the the path sorry went on for about ten miles each side of the town, and apparently they found it just a few miles outside the town in a ditch, which is a bit mad, like. Some boy just lifted it to get himself up a hill or something. Yeah, me and I were joking about about it after. Like we were in no state to joke about it when it happened, but we were joking about maybe some someone just loaded up watching the the World Cup. Yeah, so there was many boys doing that. Like maybe just took it for a left hand or something. That is crazy, man. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh, good times, good times. You'll remember yeah. that anyway. Sure. So so let's let, let's chat a little bit about your background. I know you're only seventeen, so. Um, but I want to know how you get interested in mountain biking. Like, what what sparked your interest in the whole thing? Um, it's actually a pretty mild story. Like, I'm looking out the window here, and I can let this here forever. So, when things started to first like materialize in the forever for the tracks, um, they flew the stones in with a helicopter for the top along the red trail. Wow! And uh, we sort of first seen that, and like me and my dad were curious what it was so dad was sort of asking about the town what's what's this helicopter coming in doing runs every 15 minutes but it turns out it's the stones the tracks and then mm-hmm. sort of went up for a walk one day having a look at them the next day I went up on the bike and sort of just that's where sort of all stemmed from right okay and like at that time there was no trails at Ross Trevor was there or um no there was no trails at Trevor, but that wasn't the sort of start pin in but um from like my knowledge now, I sort of figured out that the the bins and all were sort of there and people are riding away, but we never knew that seriously. Mm-hmm. Actually, funny story also, uh, the first the first ever spin me and my dad were on with, with my brother, we ended up going down Mega Mission, which if you're, like our first spin was a bit mad, and uh, <laughs> I remember <laughs> we were going down, and you know the, like the tabletops are. A fairly decent size. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up not having enough speed, rolled back down them, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people were passing me, and it's 
I remember, like, this is when I was very young, like, now sitting there at the bottom crying. <laughs> remember that? Oh, no. I know. Crazy. So your dad wasn't into mountain biking running at this stage? Well, like, we were into fishing, which is the far other side of the spectrum. <laughs> like, yeah. But, uh, no, like, we all sort of get in at the same time. And then my big brother, uh, Ben, uh, he's now 20. Uh, he sort of took the, the higher end at the racing and all that there, and then sort of just big brother, little brother scenario, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not one to be beaten, and he sort of gave it up a few years ago, but uh, I'm sort of carrying the torch <laughs> this days. Happy days, happy days. So you get started there with your dad and stuff. Like, when did you start to kind of take it serious, or when did you realise this was something you wanted to continue? Because... I'm sure none of your friends at school or anything were riding, were they? No, it was yeah, it was sort of my own initiative, to be honest. Like I sort of seen Ben um sort of got to like the Irish level and then he was he's on the verge, he's you no know, sort of trying a few races worldwide and that sort of crack. But um yeah, maybe like I've been riding since nearly seven years now. Right, well. But it was never like the first couple of years were just, you know what I mean? Once every two weeks and that sort of crack. Mm-hmm. But I say maybe the last four years I've sort of tried up my game and do a bit more with the training and all that sort of cracking. Yeah, cool man, cool. Like as far as Ross Trevor goes, have you seen that place change much over the years? Um, yes, very. There's at the start there's only like a couple of like natural trails and the whole they're just expanding left right and center mm. but um have you heard the crack with the mega mission and the pulse getting done up no well i want to ask you about that because the last i heard was the the uplifts weren't working or you know nothing was there it hadn't started yeah. back like what is the crack fellas in here you're you're the next door neighbor you'll know this stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh east coast used to run the uplifts but like you know the like the tender for the location right um, it ran up and then we decided not to renew it, which is fair enough. Like, but there's word on the street that yeah, life I think from Castle Malner, yeah, going to take in on the uplifts. But yeah, both the downhill tracks, like the man-made downhill tracks, and Trevor get a full revamp. Um, it actually looks really good. Uh, the mag mission is like before it was a bit treacherous for beginners. There's a lot of people hurting themselves, and uh, it's next level now like i wrote it there during the week and i didn't feel like he came back from the elves wow really yeah that's good yeah cool cool so is ross trevor a ticket that's not 100 percent up and running as yet no no it's not 100 percent running right but there's no no next, uplifts no 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 uplifts but you can still if anyone's looking to go like you can still go up and do your own uplifts up the road and i in yeah yeah Mm-hmm. cool cool man cool uh, so I'm sure you'll be stoked on that it's right on your doorstep you'll be excited for that yeah actually we'll be good when it's all done it yeah cool man cool that's happy days happy days yeah because you know um, I don't know there was rumours going about and you know you hear different things but there was insurance rumours and yeah. all that's kind of carry on going on so I, I don't really get into the politics and stuff too much but um, yeah it's good to hear that things are starting you know, to turn the right direction, because man, we need that Ross Trevor spot. Like, yeah. yeah, happy days, happy days. Um, so I suppose, like, 
like anywhere at the minute, I'm sure you're seeing a lot more guys out riding bikes, a lot, a lot of new faces out on the trails. Like, are you seeing that around Ross Trevor? Yeah, for sure. There's so many more people saying sort of lockdown. Like, even people from my school start riding and sort of ask, like, ask me out go out for spins and all, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. That's cool because, you know, it's funny when you chat to people on the podcast and, you know, young fellas like you or, or whatever, it doesn't really matter to be honest, but a lot of guys, they don't have school friends that ride bikes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And which is weird. I find that quite strange, you know, yeah, it's, so, not like, it's not like football or something where all the boys are playing it. Like. I, it's so weird. And, you know, it makes me wonder why somebody like you sticks at mountain biking, you know, because at school you're so heavily pushed into football or rugby or you know whatever them them kind of them kind of key sports you do at school so for you to do mountain biking off your own bike and stick at it and have no friends doing it from school and all that kind of thing it's quite hard so why do you think you you stuck at the mountain bike and what keeps you doing that i I take it you don't do football or anything like that no i did play football in in the early days but never really was my sort of sort of thing like um team sports either wouldn't be my sort of thing i prefer all up to you sort of thing, you know what i mean yeah 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 no, it's funny that there's some people love team sports and other people like individual stuff yeah it's pretty crazy yeah that's, yeah. that's the good thing i think about racing like because at the end of the day if you don't fit the work in you're not going to get the the goods out yeah true you've only yourself to blame really yeah <laughs> <laughs> it goes uh, hand in hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um no, your dad you're only seventeen, so your dad your dad helps you out. But your dad your dad goes to all the World Cups with you and things like that. He's he's been, you know, biking, you're racing and stuff like that. How much of a help is your dad to you in this kind of thing? It's actually like unbelievable support. Even just my dad and my whole family. Even going over there, like the support from everyone was unbelievable like just helping out anywhere they could but especially my dad over the last year couple of years like sort of been in, in tune with what i would like to do and where i'd like to take it which is like the best help we could ask for to be honest yeah that's but, cool yeah he's mechanic driver chef all everything all of a sudden but yeah it's good times like. yeah happy days it's really nice to share something like that with your father you know yeah like, I wonder over there was a bit, the only thing that was a bit stressful was the driving the other side of the road. It was a few wee niggles there and there, here and there when you are driving going the wrong way. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Can be stressful, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. um, here you just look back and really laugh at it and enjoy yeah. it. Amazing, amazing. All right, so let's chat a little bit about your racing. So, what got you into the race scene? What what sparked your attention in that? Mainly my big brother, to be honest. Um, like a lot of local lads I sort of hung about back then did race, but I was sort of like on the verge of not being good enough back then. And I was like, I was nearly racing just to, to race, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sitting there doing it. And I, the first couple of races I'd done, I was far from good enough to be like on the tracks and it was nearly just i wasn't enjoying myself you know what i mean because i was struggling that much with the tracks but yeah my big brother definitely sparked the interest and uh 
it was good then the first couple of years, like when he was still riding and racing, sort of, but, you know, competitiveness, like trying to get me trying to reach his speed and getting nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that three years makes a lot of difference as far as, you know, size and power and everything else. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I was like looking on Roots and Rain just at uh, your results and stuff. So you've been racing really. It says your first race here was the seventh of December two thousand and fourteen. Um, that was in the Forest of Dean. Is that right? <laughs> what Forest of Dean? Didn't be that long ago, but yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> like you were, you raced in the what category? There twelve to fourteens. Um, no, ten to twelves. Ten to twelves. Um, yeah man that's crazy and like that was downhill stuff so you know initially you, you were doing a lot of downhills there yeah. um, up until maybe 2016 or 17 something like that um, but what what encouraged you to go the downhill route rather than the, than the enduro kind of style of things Um, sort of just like I think sort of the, the one run Lay it down, sort of vibe. You know what I mean? Like, mm. just next level experience, like the adrenaline, the the nerves, what you have to do to put it down. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. why it sort of it brings me to downhill. To be honest, I wish there was more downhill races going about. Like, I I love just to focus on downhill, but we don't really have enough downhill races here in Ireland, which is a shame. But it is what it is, like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it can be difficult, I'm sure. Um, like, can you remember that first race experience you had? Yeah, for sure. But it definitely <laughs> didn't feel it was that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first Dean. I think uh, that year, like when we were in that in that team, East Coast team in Australia, we all went to a couple of those first Dean races. Actually, really good experience, and they're really like beginner friendly, which is rare to find. Yeah, like that Forest of Dean, that, that's a big mecca now for mountain biking, like. Yeah. Yeah, really, really big time. Um, you know, so did you go over there with a crowd of guys, or was your father there? Like, how did it all happen? Yeah, well, I actually part of the East Coast team, which was a, lo- a lot of local lads, and we sort of used to all travel together, but yeah, my dad went also. Mm-hmm. So cool. He's been there from the start, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, happy days. And like you had, you had really solid results. I know you're saying you didn't feel you were fast enough, but you had really solid results there. Like in those initial few years, um, you know, you came second there in 2016 in the uh, the winter downhill race at Bree in County Wexford. You know, um, there's a lot of good results in there. So like, how did you feel? Were you Were you aiming for results or were you just happy to be racing? Um, to be honest, yeah, I was aiming for results, but I think that was part of the problem. Which is like, I at this stage, I don't really try my best not to aim for results, and I think that sort of brings out the best of me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Do you go there, you think, just a bit more relaxed, a bit, a bit just going to enjoy yourself, which actually makes you faster? Is that how you feel that works? Um, well, I like. At this stage, I'm still not really like happy with my racing at the minute. But like, I honestly try to stick to focusing the process, like what I'm doing in practice, and making sure everything I'm doing is to the best of my ability. And 
hopefully by the time it comes to restaurant, I sort of have what it takes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, now, I want to chat to you about 2018-2019 as far as your racing goes because something happened there. Because if you look at Roots and Rain, all of a sudden there's a lot of little bronze and gold cups beside your name. <laughs> <laughs> like what what did you do there? Did you you know, you started to get loads of wins at that stage. Like did you approach anything different? Did you do was your training different? Was your diet different? Was your bike different? Like what what did you do? Why do you think you started to win all of a sudden there? Um, for sure things changed, yeah. That was sort of like winter where sort of like I actually I'm racing here, so I sort of have to do a bit of, a bit of training. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah, we started doing a bit of training, and then actually I really enjoy the sort of gym side and training. So it sort of just came handy enough, and then turns out it also correlates to the racing. So yeah, all good. Yeah, and I think more people. Well, we all know how it can help, but. You know, um, certainly to to be competitive now, I think you need to be really focused on your training stuff and what you do yes. off the bike. You know, um, so like, how did that how did that make you feel then when you were putting in that extra work? You know, uh, dedicating a lot more of your time to it, but you were seeing the results. Like, how did it make you feel? Well, I'm not gonna lie, it does feel good, like in in the moment, but then you like. I sort of t- take a step back and realize where I want to be, if you know what I mean. And still a long way to go. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're only 17. You're only yeah. 17. <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. So you were doing a lot of enduros there as well, the, fr- the fighters' first tracks, enduro cups and stuff. Um, like, how do you do? You like enduro? Do you enjoy it? Or. Yeah, I I love enduro, but it's completely different at the same time to like the downhill. But yeah. Any enduro that's there, I'll race it if I'm, if I'm home or I'm allowed to race it, you mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Enduro was something also that really helped me progress my riding. Like, just, you know, trying to learn on the spot, the tracks, and during your race run, things change and stuff. So, really yeah. helps. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you approach it any different than you would a downhill race? Yeah, for sure. Like, it's a lot different the intense intensity if you know what I mean mm. like when you're racing if you go 100% I don't think it's going to go 100% for you because you know I mean? <laughs> just you can't remember everything on the track like yeah I know what you mean yeah because there's so many different stages and everything else and yeah you sort of have to take it in your stride when you're going down yeah yeah I remember I had I can't remember who it was I had some, a guest on the show. I can't remember, but anyway, she was saying that she preferred not to actually look at the, you know, the track, the trail before racing. Preferred to do it blind and got better results when she raced it blind. Like, that to me sounds pretty crazy, but it worked for her. Like, do you come across something like that? Um, well, I, I don't, not really, no, to be honest. Like during practice, I'd sort of take a GoPro and then sort of, you know, look it back. I'd sort of be on the other side of that, right. that idea. But whatever works for. Yeah. Works, like, no, man. Yeah. You're key then. Yeah, man. You're sat watching footage and stuff and trying to learn the trails and wow. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy. 
All right, let's chat about the the World Cup because it's your first experience of that. So, what made you decide to go this year? Um, well, it was actually we were planning to go last year, but there was problems with the uh, cycling iron allowing riders to go without a UCI team. It was something to do with just they weren't happy, like taking the risk of maybe bringing someone back with COVID, mm-hmm. which is fair enough, and. Uh, yeah, so we're like, this is my last year in junior, so it's sort of see where see where we're at and see what we can do to work like work from here. If I mean, get a good yeah. baseline. But yeah, it was a crazy experience. So it was over there is like you see it in the TV and stuff, and you're like, that's mad. And then you get there and you're like, that's mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's next level. I like. I'm sure. It was a bit of an eye opener seeing that bigger stage. Like, did you feel? I don't know. I'm sure you were super excited to get racing and stuff. But when you seen the, you know, the the course and stuff, were you intimidated in any way, or did you feel anything like that? Nervous in any way like that? Yeah, for sure. Like the track, the two track walks we've done the World Cups. I done it, Leo Gang and Leger, and they're far from a mellow track. <laughs> Just say. And like we're we were doing track walk, and you know what's mad? My dad's silent. He doesn't want to say anything. So we're sitting there, and oh Jesus! But yeah, for sure. Like it's it is pretty. I think it's nearly better on the bike than walking it. Like so, mm-hmm. you're walking it, and you're like, I have to go down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like some of the, even the jumps over there. Like uh, you might. Do you watch any of the? Yeah, yeah, watch it. Yeah. There? Did you see the, like the big one on Leo Gang over the river? And Leo Gang, uh, I don't, I don't know if I remember the one over the river. Oh yeah, but um, it's just at the bottom. It's like forty foot over the thick river and like a big gap. I really? Walked the, I walked up to the top of it. I turned around to Dad, and Dad goes, "Are you going off that?" <laughs> 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 That's crazy, man. Like. Like, imagine you got there and you seen something like that and you were like, I can't do that. No, no. Like, what would you do? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's no cheater route around that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, there is check lines around it. But at the same is time, it? if you want to be anywhere near a good spot, you sort of have to just send it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Wow. And and the downhill stuff, you you do get a practice run, right? You get a, you get a day to practice, do you? Um. Yeah, well, like... In Leger, anyhow, we had a day of practice, and uh, well, it starts off um, day track walk. Well, obviously, it doesn't take a day, like, but it's just a set yeah. separate day set out for track walk. The next day is the next day is practice, but it's also a bit weird because there's A and B practice. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's like the top five junior uh, men and the top 100. And forty, I think it is, elite men and the top ten elite women all are in A practice, and then the, everyone else is in B practice. Right. So then it was my first ever World Cup. I was in B practice, which is a a big experience anyhow because, like, you start your practice. So the first day of practice, tra- everything tracks fresh. There's no ruts. There's no nothing, and you start at eight o'clock. No, I think it's, I think it's half eight. Sorry, and you get maybe three hours practice. And then the the air boys come in and they do their practice. So by the time we get to the track the next day, 
all those riders are just pet ruts here, ruts there, ruts everywhere. So it's like, wow. it literally is like, that's where you sort of enduro skills come in, you know, it's trying to learn where you're going when everything changes, you know? Yeah, yeah, because I suppose there's 200 odd riders have had it after you guys. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's a, a, one thing you learned. And I never actually sort of realized um, when I was going over there that just like how little practice you get and how much the change track, the track, uh, how much the track changes. It's mm. insane. Mm. And you can't get to do like a track walk, walk the morning or your race or anything, no? Um, well, I was I was doing one after um, practice. Right. Just the ruts are everywhere, but even by the time you get to qualifying, it's different from the track walk. Like so. Yeah. You can't be like in your first track walk. You can't be too like focused in on the lines because they just change dramatically. Like. Yeah, that's weird, man. That's weird. Like it's so important. Like, what are you trying to gain from that track walk? Obviously, you're trying to memorize the course and stuff. But what else are you looking for there? Just well, also like in Leger, um, we were walking the track, and I'm sort of. It wasn't dry, dry, but it was like a bit of like tacky muck on it but the word on the street was supposed to piss down that night so we were sort of looking you know just for lines if it does end up raining you know what i mean yeah that you could sort of opt in just in case you're sitting there at the top of your qualifying and just the heavens open like but turns yeah out but yeah no, and uh, you know you're up in the mountains there. I've snowboarded in Leger. I've never had a bike there, but like the conditions can change because you're up so high. The conditions can change just with a flick of a switch, kind of thing. Yeah, it's insane. Like, yeah, we were watching the elite riders come down the last top twenty, and just got rained out, and it was like a completely different track for them. And I, like this is like. It's mad looking on the TV, but when you come down the track and then you see the conditions change, you're like, how? <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. the times they're still posting is insane. Yeah, like, being around those guys, did you take anything from seeing those top riders? And, you know, did you did you follow any of those guys, look at what they're doing differently, and did you take all that in? Um, It's hard to at the same time because we're all in different practices, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we're on the track, and then by the time we're finished, they're going up. But, like, for sure, it's just, like, how calm and sort of collective they are, I mean, like, you know, like, you've seen a few of them at the side of the track when it's walking, they literally just, it's like, you know, they, like, no, they're, like, they're going for a walk, like, <laughs> going down this mad, like, steep face in a, a 30-foot boot, they're like, oh, that looks decent. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, what? <laughs> Yeah, and like, yous young boys, yous aren't scared of freaking gap jumps and big drops and all, but to take it to that level and for you to be quite nervous about it, that scares the hell out of me, like. <laughs> yeah, like there was a few times I was like, it's like a track walk at the top of the jump and everyone else is talking away around you and you're sitting there like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all the sort of gaps, the sort of man is like, all right, because you sort of just have to get into your head that a jump five foot long, you do the same thing if the jump's 30 foot long, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Aye, I suppose it's a mental thing as much as yeah. anything. You know, if you have the technique and you know you can do it, it's just a mental thing at that stage. Yeah, there was a lot of people mangling themselves on that jumping as yeah. You see any videos like the big root gap? 
Yeah, totally. That was yeah. crazy. It was insane. Like, I was getting it, like, I, I didn't have any many problems with it. But seeing everyone mangling themselves, you're sort of like, oh, sorry, but you're sort of like, <laughs> that, that could be you. <laughs> like, going up in the chairlift and you're looking at these boys mangling themselves into the tree. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Like, it's crazy chatting to you about it because, like, how long's the run? How long's the run from the top to the bottom down race day? Um, both of them are over four minutes, yeah. Right. You know, and you think of the prep you do, the time you spend to do that one run for four odd minutes. Like, it's unreal, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't think people understand it, you know, don't they don't see it if they're not, you know, if they don't follow it that much, they don't they don't see that kind of thing. But the prep you guys put in and the energy and, you know, the, the hours spent just for that one run is pretty nuts, like. Yeah, it is quite surreal at the same time. You get there and you put all the work in and it turns out you're not sort of anywhere near the pointy end, which is, like, pretty very humbling <laughs> when you get yeah. there, like. Yeah, like when you see something like that and you see times and things, like what what do you say to yourself? Like mentally, what are you saying to yourself? You know, are you, does it encourage you that you know you need to do something different? You need to work harder. Like, how do you get to that next level? Do you know? Do you think about it? Do you do anything um, different? Well, I'm not gonna lie. Like after the those few World Cups, I was actually scratching my head because in my mm. mind, uh, what I was doing over the winter was sort of pretty ideal for for me but i think it just takes time to be honest just repetition after repetition after repetition the same thing like no i mean mm-hmm. just need, it takes years and years to because i was like from the beginning i was never like i was always sort of a bit behind them I in so just think it takes time yeah yeah like how did you go on over there were you happy with your results and stuff um well, I never actually uh, end up qualifying. It's, it's even it's even over there to get into the finals. Like it's insane. Yeah. So the first one in Leo Gang, I was I ended up thirty first out of sixty two, and only the top twenty five qualify, which is insane. Yeah, that's difficult, man. Yeah, and the, and Leo Gang actually, I was four seconds off the qualifying spot, which is. I was actually pretty happy with it. Just on like it wasn't perfect, but it would have been close, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and then Leger, it, like in Leger, I was forty fifth out of seventy five. Okay, but my run was a lot more messy. Like during practice, I was I had a few, a few big ones. Just say, right? And I, like I sort of thought I was at similar speed. But like by the time we get qualifying, I think it was seventeen seconds of qualifying, which is just nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like I wow. definitely didn't have that speed there. But yeah. Yeah, it's difficult, man, but you know, you you are young and you've got loads of years to improve. Um and but you know, what an experience. Like I'm sure you love that experience and you learn so much from it. Yeah, it's crazy. Like over there, just the standard tracks, even outside the races, chairlift here, chairlift everywhere. Like it's surreal. The speed, like you see, the, just the speed compared over here of the tracks. Like it's next to nothing. Yeah. 
Wow. Do you enjoy that bigger stage? Yeah. It's definitely where I want to be in years to come, like, but there's a good bit of work to be done anyway. Yeah, cool, cool, man, cool. Like, is that, you know, after that experience, um, is this something you want to dedicate full-time to? Is this something you would like to take professionally? Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, there's a lot of other people that want to take it professionally. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, there's only a small minority that sort of get that standard, but I'll try it when they can, like, so. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, but you're going to balance school and everything else in there, right? Yeah, I'll try my best. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. That's uh, difficult times, but, you know, if you're dedicated enough, you'll be able to yeah. do it, no worries. Um, so tell us about the, the whole cranks work thing then, because you done really well there. You came 14th, right? Yeah, crank works. It was like, so we did four races when we were over there. We're done, actually, <laughs> when, we, when we're heading over, I was saying that uh, there's crank works after the gang and it looks good. So, do you reckon we was there? That was a guess, right? So, we got over, we done Leo gang and we done crank works. And um, we're sitting there and we're supposed to be going up Tuesday for the boat. And, uh, and dad goes to me, George, you fancy staying for Leger? This is two weeks' time. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, so I ended up staying for an extra two weeks. And we've done an IXS Cup and then Leger World Cup. Mm-hmm. So it turned out a bit longer than we expected. <laughs> but uh, yeah, going back to that, Crankworks like, was next level. Just the everything going on, like it just wasn't downhill. There was downhill, uh, slope style, just slalom, pump track, everything. Like, it was unreal. That was class. And what, what were you racing in there? Um, I done the downhill and... Also, the Joe Salem. But I had a bit of a nightmare at Joe Salem. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no, what happened? Um, so, Joe Salem is like a 15 second long track, like side by side. You just sort of a few turns and a few jumps. Mm-hmm. And um, you only get an hour to practice because it takes like five minutes to do a run. But um, <laughs> first practice run, I end up blowing my tire off the rim. Oh. And uh, my dad was up down at the car park still because this was just as soon as he dropped me off. The car park is a few kilometers away, so uh, I like had the bike on my back running around the pits, asking all like the big teams for a pump and stuff. <laughs> and uh, end up getting a seal again, was cycling back up, and then just pop the whole wheel just like blow. You no, know, like if you sort of pump tire up too much, mm-hmm. but it was just because the sealant oil was already ran out of it. Yeah, I just popped. And I was like, no way. So I then, when Dad, Dad was running up with a new tube, and by the time we got a fix, there was five minutes left to practice. Oh, no. So here's me sprinting up, trying to get another practice running. And I got into the gate. Yeah, everybody, practice is finished. Qualifying starts now. Uh. So I only got practice on one of the lanes, and they're different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the bottom, yeah. like one goes out in, the other one goes in out. Mm-hmm. so I ended up missing all the corners at the bottom because I didn't know where I was going but that was alright <laughs> again another life experience right yeah. <laughs> you know sure. and you know like let, let's chat about the privateer thing because that's a great example you know if you were on a team yeah, and that happened you'd have no issues you would just go into your pit 
and the boys would have another one there for you and away you would go. Like, and I want to chat to you about that because you got sponsored by the Dirt Fund project there, which we'll get into, uh, you know, um, and how they help. But you, at the minute, tell us about your sponsors now. You don't have anybody really sponsoring you or you get help from a couple of brands, do you? What way is it working? Um, yeah, so at the minute, I just get a bit of discount from Collins, which, don't get me wrong, I'm really appreciative of, but at the same time, like, at the world stage, like, when you're up there, out there doing all those big races, like, you sort of, like, help. It's fairly scarce, you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm really appreciative of it, but at the same time, it's, like, it's crazy to get out there on such little support, if you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's it's nuts, like, and, you know, the, the privateer thing is so expensive, right? Yeah. Like, um... And I'm sure your dad's hiding a lot of the costs from you, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, but I think this is what people that aren't aren't in the know don't really realise like how expensive it is. So you've all your gear, you have your travel, you have your entry fees, you have your accommodation, you have your fuel, you have your food. It just goes parts. It just goes on and on and on and on. Like how do you ever work with that? Like, is your dad cool with doing that? Does he realize how big a passion it is for you? And, you know, is he, he cool with the expense? Um, well, like, we sort of both came to terms that it's really something that I want to try and progress into something a bit bigger. So this year, like, we sort of just decided to take a jump and go out there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. You'll have a lot of cars to wash and yards yeah. to brush and grass <laughs> to cut and stuff, did you? <laughs> um, you know, so looking at that from an expense side of things, do you have to pick and choose your races, you know, quite particularly, or will you just try and attend, attend as many as you can? You, have you just got a calendar laid out, anything like that? Um, Not necessarily a calendar, but like, I think that's our sort of big trip. Like, obviously, it's a very big trip. <laughs> yeah. Only a month away. So, yeah, I think that's a good bunch of racing sort of already ticked off for this year. And I think we're just going to try and do as many races now at home. And then maybe at the end of the year, go over to BDS, like a British downhill series. Okay. So, I think that's the, the plan from here on. That's the plan, yeah, yeah, because they are a lot more doable, I suppose, from a monetary yeah. kind of side of things. Yeah, That's crazy. Right. Yeah, it's not some man the amount of money people spend, you know, and like it's funny you talking about having the the tire issue there because when you chat to guys that are on a team on a professional team like that's they all say the same. That's the biggest help the team gives them is just that mechanical support. And, you know, you just always have that there. So, you know, instead of you thinking about, you know, is your entry paid? Is everything done properly? Where you're going to stay? Have you got enough parts? What's going to happen if you have a, a part failure here or something? That's all sorted for them guys. You know, food, everything sorted. They don't have to worry. They just concentrate on their run, on their ride and being ready on the day. Like, that's a massive, massive help. Is that something you're looking to try and get involved with in the near future, I suppose, get on a team? Is that one of your kind of objectives? 
Yeah, for sure, that's a big goal. Like, but at the current minute, like, I definitely know I'm a good bit from that. But I'm not gonna, not gonna give up yet. Like. No, definitely not. You know, and the scene's so it's so crazy in Ireland at the minute, right? It's massive. Yeah. Um, you're from Northern Ireland, but it's at the end of the day, it's all one country, and you know. There's a there's a lot of money in the bike industry in Ireland at the minute. So fingers crossed, man. Just keep your name out there. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the plan, anyhow. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Now let's chat a little bit about the Dirt Fund project. Um, so how did you hear about these guys in the first place? Um, I actually sort of first heard about it. I seen it sort of posted about on Instagram. A few of the local lads sort of sharing it, trying to get a bit of attention to it. And um, I sort of just started looking at it, and it was a sort of a prize fund for like local privateers. And I was like, just put an uh, an email to the guys. And go back, they go back to me and just said thanks, and hopefully t- talking to you soon. And I never like it seems then a few local lads like Harry, um, end up getting it, which is great for Harry like I've seen even he was up at the EWS which is he's doing serious results he was over there mm-hmm. and um, yeah so it's, it's just I never really thought much more of it and then yeah so it's time went on and then got a message on Instagram from them and it's like yeah you're the next private here and I was like sweet <laughs> but um, a big shout out to those boys like it's like it's surreal the help that like even it's it's a lot of money but it's just it goes a long way like yeah when you're trying to go out there like, so it's just big thanks to them once yeah yeah it's cool so you go on you go online you fill in your details and stuff like that and you apply to be funded yeah. basically and you get you get funded a thousand pounds yeah which is cash money so you're not you know it's not product it's actually money that can help you pay for fuel, pay for food, accommodation, all this kind of thing. Um, yeah. I remember when they, they gave it to you, it was back in March, I think, and Daniel emailed me to say that you were going to get it, right? Because I'm from Northern Ireland, you're from Northern Ireland, and I was yeah. like, yeah, it's about time, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, the guys are stoked, you know, and they had planned to do five to fund five people this year and they had funded five by march um it was something like that and you were number five uh amazing man amazing so well done for that and uh, you know what daniel and those guys are doing there is unbelievable it's all yes. they don't make a penny from it like you know yes very kind gesture. yeah for sure so like as far as you receiving that thousand pounds what kind of difference will it make to your 2021 season i know you've already blown through it but like what what kind of difference does it make well i don't think i would be able to get out there to be honest it was that was a good fair chunk of the ferry and a good bit of accommodation like just wow. shows you how far it goes wow that's amazing right how, how does that I'm sure Daniel, Daniel will probably listen to this, hopefully. I'll let him know anyway. But I'm sure Daniel will be stoked to hear that. Like, that is a difference between you not going and you going. Like, that's unreal. I know. It's insane. That's unbelievable. Like, you know, as all your riding mates <clears throat> got applications in now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
yeah it's cool man it's cool um how did you find the whole application process was it quite easy yeah it was very very easy to be honest and um yeah so just filled it out and heard back them was like they sort of asked me a few more questions and then sort of all worked out man which is great yeah happy days man happy days big ups to the dirt fund project dudes yeah for sure now, before I let you go, let's chat a little bit. Are you planning anything abroad? Are you going to be be trying to get any riding holidays abroad, anything like that, to experience some more of these European downhill crazy trails? Yeah. Uh, a few lads from around here trying to plan a Morazine trip in the minute. Yeah, wow, that would be cool, eh? Yeah. Like, it's insane how, how like, fast you progress over there compared over here, just... The level of tracks and you know the time on the tracks like mm-hmm. think about it you get 10 runs over there for five minutes long like there's 15 minutes of ride you get 10 10 runs over here like you're like a 13 minutes of riding i mean yeah yeah and i suppose it's all set up it's all uplifts and all there all the all the lifts the um Charlotte, ski- yeah. yeah yeah so you can spend a lot more time on the bike you know coming down rather than pedaling up Amazing. yeah for sure like is crazy like it's kind of the european capital now mountain biking you know um and it's funny because i was there again i I have snowboarded there and even over the winter you see loads of big images of mountain biking you know so they really push it um to their winter clientele as well and i know a few guys that do trips over there and stuff i'm sure you're bound to be stoked about that yeah for sure are you going uh, for a week or is it going to be a month (laughs) <laughs> you'll watch the months when you're there <laughs> anchor plan in uh, two weeks so yeah. wow that'll be that'll be good um i hope i uh i hope it's nobody i know that owns some of the chalets over there that you guys are renting anyway <laughs> <laughs> cool man cool um that'll be awesome that'll be if there's any kind of time schedule set for that when he is hoping to go out um i think just some stage in august before we go back to school so Right, excellent, yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent. Good stuff. Well, listen, bro, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you coming on, spending the time and, and filling us in with some good insight into the downhill stuff there. Amazing. So so well done, bro. And listen, I hope the rest of this season goes really well for you and you keep you keep up at it. Like as far as winter training and stuff goes, do you do all bike specific stuff? Um, no, I'd I'd spend a good bit of my time in the gym to be honest. I actually really enjoy that sort of outside of it to be honest all right and, and again that's kind of catered more towards training for the bike you're not going in and just squatting and bench pressing and arm curling you're doing more specific stuff yeah for sure it's even just a big help mentally just when you're on the rate on the start line the, knowing what you've done and you're ready to go yeah yeah i think that's a huge part of it yeah for sure so now how can people find out more about you and get in contact with you um just probably the best shout probably my instagram that's where i'm probably most active which is niall o'clerken that's grand we'll put that in the show notes so people can find it easy um so bud listen thanks so much dude i appreciate you coming on and um as i say i hope the rest of the season goes well for you there and keep keep going mate i think i think you'll get a breakthrough soon dude so just just keep the head down keep going thanks a lot thanks for having me That's a wrap for episode 201, folks. 
I hope you enjoyed that. And thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. Now, Niall, thanks so much for coming on, bro. I hope your 2021 season goes to plan and you get to all the race events you're hoping to. So good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about Niall, more about what we chatted about, just visit Niall's show notes on the website. You'll find them at mtb-tribe.com where you can find out a little bit more and get Niall's social links and video and things like that. Just easy links for you to access. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show your support, the best way is by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts from. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete bike catalogue, listen and download every show from there for free. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the podcast. If you want to get involved with the podcast on social media, you will find us at MTV Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you want to get in contact with the show, you can get me at info at mtb-tribe.com. I do read all the emails and I will get back to you. Well, that's it for episode 201, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, until next week, I'll have another show for you. But until that time, as always, get the bikes out, hit the trails and stay MTV stoked.